Amen. This morning, I want to look at a story. Come down on the house, house, house down. I want to look at a story. How y'all turn my monitor that way? I can't hear myself. I'll fix this. There we go. Now I can hear myself. All right. There we go. That's better. I want to hop on a story in Mark chapter number six. Mark chapter number six. Go there with me. Uh, I want to talk about um, who's in your circle. Who's in your circle? Who's in your circle? Um, Mark chapter six, one through six. It is it is important for us to understand that uh, the people in our circle have an influence on our effect. Um, you may you may think that you can just be around anybody and hang around anybody, but truth is, um, certain people zap you of the zest and the zeitgeist that God has given you in, in, in ministry. There are people that are around you that take away your energy, take away your, your, your power and your strength. You know them, some of y'all know them by name, <laughs> and some of you know them because they're in your family. Um, but sometimes you don't know them and, and you ever just come around someone and you realize how drained you are, how, how, how out of energy, how innervated you are. And, and you don't even realize that it, it could absolutely be a person that you're hanging around. Well, rest assured, you're not alone. Jesus did the exact same thing. Look at Mark chapter number six. Let's read this today. Mark chapter 6 says, then, when, then he went out from there and came to his home own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? that so much mighty works are performed by his hands. It it, it is not, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there. Do you hear that? Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled. Because of their unbelief, then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. You're not alone in how your influence is infiltrated. You see that Jesus, who is the savior of the world who has the power to do anything, 
who has the capability to achieve anything he wants. And yet when he gets to his home country, his homeland, he comes to the house, back to home, he's unable to work. Here's what happens. So Jesus is back home and he's been doing miracles. If you read in the first few chapters, he's doing miracles after miracles and miracles. And he's doing miracles even in his town, but they're small things. He's just laying hands on people. The biggest thing that they have a problem with and have an issue with his might is that his teachings are strong. It's what's coming out of him. And they can't believe what's coming out of him because of where he came out of. And simply because he came out of the area, Galilee and Nazareth, they believe certain things come out of him. And that's what happens sometimes with your circle is that because they know where you're from. They know what you've been through. They know your history. They know your past. They know all that stuff. Because of where you come from, certain things can't come out of you. But what, what they fail to realize is that God anoints people regardless of where they come from. We have to understand and believe and know that when God has anointed us, it doesn't matter where we originated. Doesn't matter who we started with. Doesn't matter what's on our record. Doesn't matter what comes in our past. And people are caught up on your past and can't believe your present. Simply because you're presenting something that's not from where they are. Really the reason why people are upset is because they ain't doing what you're doing. Come on, talk plain and be real with me. They, they, they mad they can't sing the notes you sing. They're mad that they can't think the things you think. They're mad they can't walk like you, talk like you, speak like you. They're mad simply because they can't be what he is and they're from there. Verse, verse 1 says, and he went back. He returned to his home country. He went back to where he's from. Everybody knew him as uh, JC. That's JC. Right? Oh, oh, that's Mary's boy. That's the carpenter. And, and, and so they had relegated him to the reality that he could only do what J.C. the carpenter could do. Let me share something with you today. And I want you to write this down. You're more wonderful than the people around you make you feel. Write it down. You're more wonderful than the people around you make you feel. You're better than they make you feel that you are. You're better than what they, what they propose you. And listen, don't allow people to give you the feeling you know you should have in your own self. They cannot determine how you feel, how you act, how you engage, what you do, simply because you have been called to do something. Every single one of you, if you're blinking and you're breathing, you are called to do something major, something mighty. And what people now, now I'm, I'm going to get to that in a second. And what people want you to understand is, is that you've got to operate in the way I know you to operate. What I want you to do is operate like I know you should operate. What I want you to do is I want you to do what I know to do, what we know to do, what what's what's common to us. And, and if you are called Christian and believe that God has 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 anointed you to do a work in a place or in a work in your life, then you can allow the people around you to tell you you can't do the work. 
Jesus, watch this, Jesus comes back to his town and he starts teaching. Verse 2 says, and on the Sabbath, he was there for a while, it says, and finally on the Sabbath. And when the Sabbath came, he started teaching. And the people were there listening to him and they were astonished at what he was saying. I can tell that the people that were astonished by Jesus's words and work, they want real religious people. Well, well. <laughs> they, 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 they went to church, but church didn't go in them. And I'm going to tell you how I know, because they were caught up in what he was saying and doing, not when he was doing it. Because verse two says on the Sabbath, he began to teach. He began to do things. And if there was Pharisees there, Sadducees, church folk, they would have been upset that he was doing work on the Sabbath. But because of these other people that were there, they didn't care that he was working on the Sabbath. They just cared about his work. You ever had somebody always critique you? (laughs) Always critiquing your work, even though you're doing the best you can, the best way you can, with the best money you got, with the best knowledge you have. Yet they still keep critiquing your work. And you've got to be careful is that you don't allow your cheerleaders or your critics to become your coach. You can't allow your cheerleaders or your critics to become your coach. And many of us will take those critiques and start changing our lives. Many of us will take, oh man, uh, what they say to heart and say, oh man, I... I probably shouldn't be doing all these mighty works. I I probably shouldn't be helping people. I probably shouldn't be helping my community. I probably shouldn't be helping my people. And if you learn to take their critiques and curtail your character, you're going to diminish the reality of who you are. You're going to stop your ability to do better, to do more, to do great work. And because they are astonished at Jesus's work, they question it. Ain't that, ain't that Mary's boy? That's what they say. They say, ain't that the carpenter? That's JC. <laughs> Don't allow people to take you back to your old you. Don't allow, don't allow people's mind and memory To bring you back to their past reality. What you can tell is, is that the people in his hometown haven't moved on. And you've got to be careful in your circle because you've got people who are stuck in a space space and a time. You ever seen somebody wore some old clothes, old hairdo? Just talking old, talking like they're from the 60s and 70s because they're stuck in that time. Now, I ain't talking about the trends, you know, because the clothes come back and all that stuff. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about people who, who come back in style. People who come back in style. 
And what we see here is that when Jesus goes home, he realizes that his own family, his own relatives were stuck in the past. And you've got to be careful that you don't do a back to the future and go to the past and start living in a false reality with the people who are living in a real reality. I'm talking better than y'all saying amen in here today. He goes home and all they can remember is what he used to be. All they can remember is how he used to act. All they can remember is what everybody else talks about around him. When I, when I grew up, uh, I grew up in a small town and, and I knew uh, that once I left, I wasn't coming back. I realized that when I went back, everybody worked at two places. You either worked at the local shipyard or the local uh, meat packing plant or the shipyard across the bridge. You either work at one of those two places. And I, I, my hands are soft and I don't like to do manual labor. Okay. I don't even do yard work. I got a, I got a lawnmower. His name is Juan. But I realized that everybody in my hometown, if they stayed there, they were going one of those two places. And it's crazy because they'll move away and then come back and work there anyway. Because you have to be careful that you don't become what your circle is. And probably the reason why you feel limited in your power is because you're limited in your persons. The people that are around you that lack vision, that lack the ability to see possibility, that lack the ability to plug in to the power that is within them. Some people work on what Napoleon Hill calls auto-suggestion, which means you just kind of do it because you've been doing it and you do it because somebody taught you this is how you do it. And you just kind of go through the flow and go with the motions. But there are so I believe there are visionaries here who can see things another way, see things a different way and use your innate power to do things. What they said in verse uh, verse two is is that they saw his wonders, his dunamis power they saw his power just in his words and 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 simple healings that he did they saw his power and when they saw his power they marveled at they were astonished at what he did when they got astonished at what they did they was wondering how did he do it and so when he did it what he had to do is he had to realize that he can't do what god called him to do with these people okay all right y'all don't like me on the fourth sunday He realized that I have something inside of me that works for this world, that's working for my good, that's working in the power that God has given to me, but it don't work here. And the reason why it don't work is not because you're not working it. Be careful that you don't take the blame and say, oh, it's my fault. I should have did this a little different. I should have go. You know, the reason why some of us are not successful is because we have unsuccessful people around us. I'm in the Bible. Your influence can influence your influence. Hear me. Those that influence you can influence your influence. And you've got to be careful as to who's around you and influence you. Watch this. Listen, Jesus is Jesus. 
Okay, we all know who Jesus. Lily of the Valley, bright morning star, great getting up morning. He's the he's the propitiation. He's the stand in. He's 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 the all power, all knowing, all uh, all omniscient, and all being of God and man wrapped in one. He is Jesus. He is God's son. He's our savior. He's Jesus, and Jesus is limited in his power because of people. They ain't listening. Jesus is limited in his power because of people. And if Jesus is limited in his power because of people, what you think going to happen to you? Grandmamas, can't be grandmamas, they become parents. Mothers, fathers, can't be fathers. They take on aunt, nieces and nephews. They, they have to be more. At times in life, you are limited by the people that are around you. How do you handle this? How do you respond? Let me answer that. Jesus is rejected. They rejected him because he was a carpenter. He quotes a proverb. He says, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. Here's what you got to do. You've got to understand that you've got to come to the realization that your work doesn't work where you're working. You've got to realize that I can't do this with you. There are people, the prophet is not with honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Three places. Number one, you, are not, you, you will not be able to work sometimes in your own home. Where, 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 where you are from, you might not be able to work there. You might not be able to work among the people you grew up with. Your brothers. Your sisters, hold up, your parents. Well, well, well. You may, you, the, the, the problem may just be your family. The problem just may be that house you grew up in, that city you grew up in. And lastly, I'm in verse 5 of chapter 6 of Mark, verse 4. He says, in his own house. This is Jesus' words. Jesus, all-powerful, all-knowing. He's got everything. He can do anything. But yet he's limited because he's at home. At times, it, it could be true that home is where your heart is. Right? But this text tells us that home may be where your heart is, but it may not be where your help is. Home may be where your heart is, but it may not be where your help is. That's why when I go home, I visit. I have a bag that's packed, and when those clothes run out, I pack those clothes, and I come back to the house I got now. And, and listen, and you've got to realize you're not being bougie. Bourgeois, some of y'all are bougie, so be, be real. But now you got scripture for your bougie right? 
but you are deciding I'm not going to be in this place that zaps me of the destiny God has for me. Jesus says, prophet is without honor. Not without honor, except in his own country. Here's what, they, here's what happens in Athens. Now he could do no mighty work there. Verse 5. It says, he could do no mighty work there. What? Jesus could do no mighty work there? You, Jesus, can't do nothing there? I believe that's some churches. Not this one. I believe that's some, some jobs. I believe that's some marriages. Help me in this room. Some relationships. You won't be able to do mighty work there, not because you're not mighty. It's because you've got company. Jesus could not do no mighty works there. Verse 5 says, he could do no mighty works there. What did he do? Verse 5, what did he do? He could do no mighty works there, except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So he said he couldn't do no mighty works. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing healing a few sick people ain't mighty work. I'm guessing. I'm just saying, if, 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 if they could walk and they walk now, they ain't really a mighty work. Right? So, so what Jesus saw was a mighty work was different than what, they, what we could probably say is a mighty work. Because if Jesus was to come into a place and get healed and give healing, you'd say, oh, it's a mighty work. But listen, you got to be careful that you don't maximize minimum stuff. You've got to be careful that you don't make something grand out of something small. The Bible says, verse 5, he couldn't do no mighty works except heal some sick and lay his hands and heal some people. And just because there's healing don't mean there's more hope for mighty works. Y'all ain't saying amen like I'm preaching. Too often we take that minor stuff and turn it into a major move of God. Yeah, I'm not, we're not diminishing it. Yeah, if you got your healing, praise God, bless the Lord. But what it says to us, there's more that God can give you in your life. There's more that God can bring through you in your life. But you can't get stuck on the minor, minor things, the minimal things. He says he could do no mighty works. The same word that they use up in verse 3. Verse 2 says that uh, they were astonished at his mighty works. Watch this. They were astonished at his mighty works. Then in verse 5 it says he could not do no mighty works. I'm in Mark chapter 6. They are astonished at his mighty work. But then he says, then it says he could do no mighty work. So they had maximized this small stuff. Listen. It, it depends on your situation, and I'm sorry if I hit you, I ain't mean to miss you. But everything that happens to you ain't a mighty work of God. You, you got a car. That, 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 that might not be a, my, a mighty work of God. 
<laughs> you, 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 got, you, you get a little house or apartment. Or car. That might not be a mighty work of God. Uh, you get a boo. I mean, even that still might not be a mighty work of God. Good work of God, right? Yeah. It's good. Praise God for the good stuff. But we've got to get to the place where we want a mighty work of God. But something more than just little cars, little houses, and little people can be in our lives. But there is a power that is greater inside of us that can change the world to see Jesus as Lord and Savior. Not just see the things that God can give me, but see the things that God can change inside of me. He healed them, which means he restored them to what they were. Which I think a mighty work means he wasn't able to take them beyond what they were. I am preaching better than y'all talking in here. He healed them, which means he took them back to square one, which means if you got healing and went back to where you were before, that ain't no mighty work. Mighty work is when you get healed and then you heal somebody else. And maybe because, just maybe, you're not making it work. It's not working for you because of the people who are walking around you. I'm done. I'm done. He quotes this proverb. I'm in verse 5 now. Unable to perform because of their unbelief. Watch this. Verse 5 says he can heal a few people. Verse 6, last verse, and I'm done. Watch with Jesus. It's capital H. And he marveled, Jesus, because of their unbelief. You know you got to be jacked up. If God look at you and wonder what in the world. Hear me. You know you was off the chain and the charts. If God look at you and wonder you unbelieve like that and we can get to a place in our life of unbelief that even God is astonished at who we are and let's talk it from another angle maybe God hasn't worked that thing in your life yet because he's still astonished at your unbelief Maybe it hasn't come to pass yet because you haven't believed it, believed it can come to pass. And what Jesus does is he marvels. He, he, he sits in wonder. How in the world can I do what I do, say what I say, and you still don't believe? I'm, I'm going to be, be, be transparent with you right here. Many of us are in this place. There's a piece of belief. There's a, there's a morsel of belief. There's a monicum of belief, but there's not enough belief to do a mighty work. There, there's not enough belief in your life for God to do something great. You're holding back the greatness That God wants to release in your life. Simply because you don't believe you deserve it. 
You don't believe you can have it. You don't believe it belongs to you. You don't believe that a person like you from where you come from, from the people you come from, can have the stuff you believe in God for, for having. And can I share something with you? Don't, don't take the history that you have to determine the future you can have. Believe like you've never believed before. Dream like you've never dreamed before. Think you can have what you, what folks say you cannot have. Believe that you can achieve things that folks say you cannot achieve. Why? Because if I believe it, God will bring it. Here's what Jesus did. Watch this. And this is the saddest, saddest verse in the Bible. Mark chapter 6, verse 6, the last B part. It says, uh, and then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Which means he left. Saddest thing for a believer is to have unbelief for so bad for so long that Jesus leaves. Many of us are living in vacant houses, vacant shells. Jesus says, I can't do no work there. You've locked, you've locked me up in your unbelief. So instead of being locked up in your unbelief, I'm going to walk where somebody else believes. I'm going to go to the village that will receive me. I'm going to go to the place that will hear me. My mama always said, I'm going to go to the place where I'm celebrated and not tolerated. And Jesus leaves because he couldn't understand their unbelief. Watch this. I'm done. It's Jesus' fault that they don't believe. It's Jesus' fault because Jesus is Jesus. It is Jesus who is doing the work, and they can't believe the work because it's Jesus. Put you in that place. It's your fault they don't believe. And it's your fault that you can't get the work done. So in order for you to get the work done, you have to change your proximity. It's your fault. And if Jesus would have stayed there, he would have never done the redemptive work of the cross. It's because Jesus is Jesus that they are unbelieving. It's Jesus' fault. He realizes it's my fault I'll leave. He ain't kick them out. You no, you get out. You only unbelieving joker. You get out. This, I'm Jesus. No, Jesus said, no, you stay, you, you stay. I'ma go. And one of the things that you may have to do, y'all gonna hate me for it, is you may have to leave your own family. Come back for your family reunion, come back for the cookout. Stay for a little bit. You can't change them. But you can change where you are. And then you need to surround yourself with people who will empower the gift that is inside of you. 
And when you're able to empower the gift inside of you, there's going to be more power than anybody could ever believe. You've got to change your circle. You're frustrated because you're in a circle and you love all of them. And if you really love them, you will leave them. If you really love them, they won't ever get to see the God in you because they keep seeing the baby you, the kid you, the misdemeanor you, the felon, the divorced you, the broken you. They keep seeing that. And you have to leave them so they can grow and you can grow. You got to change your circle. Even Jesus was limited in his power because of the people he was in proximity to. And if Jesus is limited, come on. Come on. You and I too can be limited. Could be a job. Could be a family member. Could be a city. But you've got to figure out, I can't change them. You know how many places there are in this world? Like, you ain't got to live there. (laughs) You ain't got to be there. Like, move to California. Like, go to Jersey. Like, move to New York. Like, move. Like, go to South Charlotte. Go to North. Move out there. Change your zip code. Do something. But just change your circle so that you can change your life and change the world. Come on and give God praise in this place. Amen.